Today's episode of It Never Rains is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making working from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Hit the mute button. I can cough, right? Does it act like a cough button? Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. actually sweet. Cool. All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> hey. Oh, sorry. God damn sorry. it, Aaron. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. I can't, I can't work in these conditions. Stop. It never rains at Austin Stadium. Actually, actually, let's just start there. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to It Never Rains, an Oregon Ducks podcast. Tyson Aldry here, joined by Aaron Fentress. We think What's it's we think it's Wednesday, anyways. <laughs> At this point, we're getting a little bit loopy here, but everyone's kind of doing their part to uh, uh, flatten the curve and all that. And uh, Aaron, uh, I think we got a fun show coming up today. We we do have a little bit of news to talk about with Anthony Brown's transfer over to Oregon, so we'll hit on that for a couple minutes. But uh, how about uh, how about we uh, do a little uh, best Oregon team of all time uh, a draft? Does that sound fun? We're gonna draft teams for the best in Oregon history. I can't wait to jump on that 2004 team. Do, do, do you know what uh, sports <laughs> have kind of felt like the last couple of weeks? Because if you turn on like you know the TV, it's it's games from like you know ni- the 1992 Final Four. You know it's just all. Past right. games plays like like it feels like sports and Earth got to the point where the show is done making uh, original episodes and now we've gone on to syndication, and, <laughs> and so you turn on you turn on a game you're like oh I like this game I've seen this game before I'll watch it again yeah. but then you but it just doesn't give you quite the same satisfaction of of, of seeing it live so um, ho- hopefully uh, you know one of these days we can get some original content again but it's 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 definitely translated over here where we've done. Uh, you know, on the athletic, there's been a lot of uh, kind of like looking back stories, and I, I think those are are pretty fun for right now. But uh, I agree. How's how's uh, how's your week been, man? <laughs> My week has been fine. My yeah. kids are back to school virtually. Oh, they're how's that happy. going? They're not happy about that, but uh, they they figured out how to use Zoom and get on get online and do some uh, lesson plans and then they have are, homework. Are they I'm on there for like a, like a full day of class or is it just like they that's give the, a plan? That, and then it... that starts next week. The full, I think from what I understand, it's going to be like five hours. That starts next Dude, week. That's going to be a nightmare for teachers. <laughs> I know. Or hell, a teacher might be at home in their underwear, just on Zoom yeah. with his t-shirt on, just giving lessons plans with their feet up. There's sipping water a, in this sipping water a martini, bottle, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how that yeah. goes. But I'm yeah, mad because it's going to cut into my Madden time with my son. So I'm a little bitter about that. I, I just, uh, I, I just jumped back into. Uh, I hadn't played 2K basketball in quite a few years, and I downloaded that. And uh, um, I was, I was playing a couple nights ago, and I swear this kid could have been more than nine or ten years old who was just like trash talking me. Like I'm bad at video <laughs> games as it is, and it's just like, man, this, this is what. What Mondays have come to uh, sitting at home playing? <laughs> anyway, schooled so, by a nine-year-old. All right, so let's uh, let, let's get to to the one kind of rare news item that we actually have to talk about Oregon football, and that is uh, last week it was announced that Anthony Brown, a former 
Boston College quarterback, uh, will transfer to the Oregon Ducks, where he is expected to compete with Tyler Shuck to be the number one quarterback to replace Justin Herbert. Uh, He hasn't enrolled yet, so Mario Cristobal and the Oregon staff can't talk about him yet. We did talk with Cristobal on Friday, and uh, yeah, he wasn't able to address it, but uh, he did say Tyler Shuck came into the spring as a starter. He left the spring as a starter, which really isn't saying much because Anthony (laughs) Brown isn't here yet, but uh, I think you and I are both in agreement that overall this is a great move for Oregon because if anything it gives them um, some depth if Tower Shuck is the guy and gets hurt and if Tower Shuck isn't this guy isn't the guy it gives them an experienced hand to uh, potentially uh, lead in the season absolutely 100% even if they believe in Shuck and they think Shuck's going to be a star it's still a smart to go get someone because if he goes down you're going to turn to a true freshman or or a redshirt freshman in Kale uh, to try and lead your team. And that's always a dicey proposition. So yeah, it's smart to go out and get a veteran. But my thing is, I know a lot of people think Shuck's the guy and I, I tend to lean to the fact that they believe in Shuck, but I, but I do believe that there's some reservations and that they know this guy can come in at the very least push him. Right. Uh, but the, the, the question for me is never why Oregon would do it. Because I think it's obvious why, why Oregon he would, would do it. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, why would he go there? So I, that's why I always throw it back at people. I'm like, okay, you can say all you want. Shuck's the man and that they believe in Shuck and he's the guy. And this is just insurance. But if you're him, why are you coming to Oregon if you, unless you just had no other options, unless you believe you can compete? And looking at a video of him and looking at his highlights, and I've watched a couple full games, I definitely believe he can win this job. And if he doesn't win the job, that means Tyler Shuck is going to be amazing because this guy's pretty good. Yeah, it is kind of a best case scenario for them. And I mean, even if you're just looking at like how this impacts like the backup role, um, I think this is huge for next season, especially with spring practices cut. That means like, let's say Brown didn't come and and Chuck wins the job and it's either Millen or or Jay Butterfield as the backup. Well, Cale Millen barely played any football last year due to injuries. Uh, Jay Butterfield just came in, uh, just enrolled in school in January. He only got four uh, spring practices in. Robbie Ashford hasn't even uh, joined the team yet. So, you know, this just puts them in the situation where you're either going to have a guy who's used to being a backup in Chuck or a guy who used to be a starter at backup in Chuck. Like, you don't have to worry about the um, uh, the Braxton Burmeister uh, (laughs) issue, where if you go back and look at... If you go back and look at the 2017 season, when what did Oregon win? Seven games with Tiger? Or they, no, they won eight games with seven. They were seven and five, and then lost. S- the bowl s- game seven and five. Seven and five. They probably win nine games that year if Herbert doesn't get hurt, or or if they have or, a competent backup. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean this uh, this, this is a great move for the team, and I I, I think it it it's going to make fall camp really freaking interesting. <laughs> if if there is a fall camp, well, maybe what, maybe maybe, maybe it's Christmas camp. Win- yeah, yeah, winter Christmas camp. camp. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here's here's one Shuck, more side Shuck. note on the. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, Shuck's going to be doing like a Rocky Four, like Siberia workouts <laughs> out in the snow. <laughs> Drago. Um, <laughs> so you know, Brown Brown was ascending; like he got better every year. His passer rating his last year before he got injured was one fifty four point five. Herberts was one fifty six. Now. Not all passer ratings are created equal. You can look at who they played, et cetera, et cetera. But this was a guy on on the rise. And and with 28 games under his belt, he could come into a camp whenever it starts and probably pretty easily pick up whatever it is more right. is doing. I doubt like terminology you gotta learn, but he can learn that with a playbook just reading it at home. But as far as knowing and understanding what's going on, he can probably pick probably pick that up pretty easily because he's pretty well versed in offenses already. So it's a good move. Um, it's going to be fun to see how that shakes out. I love me some quarterback competitions. I think they're always fun to monitor and check out. 
Yeah, and and honestly, a lot could probably could come down to just um, Brown's overall health. He's he's torn ACLs in both of his knees. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, by by all accounts, he's you know, or it, it seems he's healthy now. And you know, th- this was this wasn't necessarily a guy who would you know take off and run at you know. Uh, any chance he could get, but he was mobile enough and, and has a pretty good, and, and you know, you did the film breakdown. It looks like he throws pretty well on the run, but so it'll be yes. interesting to see if he's, he's able to keep some of that mobility um, following his injury. Yeah. He, he hurt himself just, just making a cut. Like it was a non-contact injury. It's almost like when Dennis Dixon first hurt his knee against Arizona state before he blew it out completely against Arizona, uh, just cutting and it just fell to the ground. So as that was bizarre to see. So like you said, you wrote about it too, the two, Knee surgeries. How's he going to come back from those? Well, he already recovered from one, but now you have both of them banged up with a history of being banged up. Um, yeah, that's so. That's that's a little dicey. But I will say this, dude. I, and I went and looked back at the history of transfers to Oregon. So you go back to Achilles Smith in '98, on through to Masoli, on through to Vernon, and then Dakota, and now this one. And the, those four previous guys all started. Does that mean Brown's going to start? Not necessarily. Every case is its own case but history has been you go out and get a guy like this you're getting him because you think he has a chance to compete and start and history shows that usually that's that guy ends up starting at some point so we'll see do you think if if the scenario was better i mean that that whole 2016 season was just a mess but like do you think prukop could have been a competent uh fbs quarterback i thought see i had this debate the other day with someone else i think people give Dakota a bad rap for how that all went down and what he did. Yeah, I do too. He just he, he had one bad fade, right? He, yeah, you take away that fade. Like <laughs> it wasn't his fault they lost either of those two games. I mean, the fade was bad, but they scored forty plus points in that game. That was without Freeman. Crosby was already out for the year. Devin Allen was out for the year, and you were going up against Jim Levitt and that Colorado defense yeah, that, that carried defense, that, yeah. yeah, that carried that team to the conference championship game. And you put forty plus on them without those stars in Dakota. He throws that fade, but the two games they lost in Nebraska, he put up five touchdowns. It's not his fault they went for two every damn time, right? So he <laughs> he ended up with a passer rating of one fifty two. His completion percentage was sixty six percent. Was he? Herbert, no, but his pass rating that year was better than Herbert's when Herbert came in. So Dakota gets a bad rap. He wasn't great, and clearly Herbert had more upside, but he was fine. If they'd had a decent defense, let's say the defense didn't rank 128, let's say it just ranked 68th, they probably make a bowl game. Yeah, Yeah, or 90th. They probably (laughs) would have made a bowl game with Dakota starting the entire year. So he was actually a pretty solid quarterback. That that guy's going to have like just some. You know, thirty years from now, when you know his grandkids or kids are asking about, uh, you know, his playing career, twenty sixteen is going to be a, a an interesting one for him to describe to people because you basically go for like you know, like he was Vernon Adams two point like he he uh, he he was a stud at Montana State. Everyone thought he was going to be the next guy to come in at Oregon. Then he gets beat out by a guy who's going to end up being a first round draft pick four years right. later. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, I sometimes feel bad uh, bad for him just because of uh, you know, obviously that season isn't how uh, he he drew it up in his head. But uh, you know, that just goes to show none of these things are sure things, especially you know, even if it's out of the hands of the quarterback, like. Prukop wasn't the one, the reason why 2016 fell apart. It was mainly that defense, but. Right, exactly. All right. Since we're already talking about the past, I, and, and hopefully some of you guys read this already, but I, I had some fun last week. I found this uh, website. It was called whatifsports.com. And basically this website has a database of every college football team and their rosters uh, from 1996. 
and it kind of lets you do the whole simulate simulate the season thing kind of like uh, you know if they still made ncaa football these days you could actually uh, uh simulate games and get stats and play by play and all that and so uh i was bored last week shocker um <laughs> and so i took uh what, what i did is that um i took the what i deemed to be eight of the best oregon teams all the time i threw them into that simulator but had them play in a a, a a single elimination tournament and uh, to see who was the true fake best Oregon team of all time. And the winner was Aaron. Do you, do you have a guess for who the best Oregon team of all time was according to the computers? It, it should be 2014. So that was, that was the number one seed. Um, but the 2014 Oregon ducks actually lost in the semifinals. Do you know who what? they lost to? It was a barn burner. It was a, it was a 30 to 31 loss to the 2012 Oregon Ducks. Oh, man. The team with uh, Kenyon Barner, Michael James, all these no, guys. Anyways. Michael, Michael wasn't on there. No, sorry, not Michael James. D'Anthony Thomas. Yeah. Anyways, well, long story short, at the very end of the simulation, the 2010 Ducks, the first team to ever go to the national championship for Oregon, beat the 2012 Ducks 36 to 20. Uh, well, Michael James and Kenyon Barner tore up that game for the Ducks. Um, yeah, it was just a, a tough one-two punch uh, in this fake, didn't mean anything simulation. Anyways, it was, a, it was a fun story. This podcast isn't about that story, but it's playing off of that. Aaron and I have been talking kind of since this is just about some of the, the best Oregon teams that you know we've covered or throughout their history. And Aaron made sure to let me know a billion times before I wrote this that I better see the 2014 <laughs> Ducks number one overall. I stand I, 2014 and, to the death. And, the, and, and then that I shouldn't have messed any of this up. And I was like, Aaron, I didn't actually pick what teams won. It was the computer. Well, screw the computers. You... Anyways, so this is Uh, this is this is your forum now. We're going to have Mm -hmm. a we're going to have a ten team Oregon draft where hey, and I'll even give you the number one pick where we just get to pick the Oregon teams that we think are the best that were the most fun to cover. Whatever, like you can actually decide what you want your group of five to be, but we'll take my group of five, put your group of five, and uh, uh, do nothing with it. Because because that, that's that's what this is. So, okay. Aaron, Aaron, yes. with the number one overall pick in the Athletic Oregon's quarantine draft of all time Oregon teams, you're on the clock. <laughs> that's a, the that's pick nice is touch. in. That's a nice touch right there. <laughs> I, Aaron Finches, have already foreshadowed who my pick would be, and I. I truly don't understand why I ever have to even debate this. I'm not saying you are, but I've, I've debated this with fans. I've debated this with Mike Bellotti even. 2014, to me, <laughs> no question, is the greatest team in Oregon history. And Sorry, I, I just have a vision of you being like, no, 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 coach. I'm sorry. You're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. We did a roundtable thing when I was at NBC with uh, Bellotti, Harrington, Newman, Coach Campbell, and Coach Pelham. And we had this discussion about greatest team ever. His argument was you got to end the season with a win. But I think he was Mm. saying that because his 2001 team ended with a win. But we all know that 2001 team would not have ended with a win had it played Miami as opposed to 2014, which had to play Ohio State. Anyway, one of the best arguments against 2014 is 2012, which in your simulation 
2014, right? Correct, correct. Right, but the problem with that, in my estimation, is that a lot of the best players on 2012 were still around and seniors in 2014. So like, that, right, right, and to just take Marcus. Marcus was way better in 14. He won the Heisman. Then he was in 12, and he was great. The offensive line had more draft picks come out of 2014 than they had in 2012, other than the two guys, Fisher and Grosso, who were sophomores in 2012. They had Jake, they had Kyle what do you think? What well. do you think about like so, the skill position, the, the skill position contrast there? Because like 2012 had peak Kenyon Barner, which was that was probably the, the second or third best rushing season in Oregon history. You had uh, you had D'Anthony Thomas, uh, Josh Huff. Um, you know, we'll obviously get into this when whoever takes 2012. But I mean, I, I think maybe 2012 had better like skill guys around Marcus than prime Marcus had in 2014. So that's an interesting conversation that I've entertained before. But it's not like 2014 had shot Blever. You had Royce Freeman. Oh, yeah. You had, you had Tyner, who had a really good season when he was healthy. You had when Byron Devin Mar- Allen's like your number five receiver. Exactly. <laughs> the receivers blew up that year with uh, Carrington. Byron Marshall became a receiver, had 1,000 yards. Um, you had uh, Carrington, Devin Allen, Dwayne Stanford. You had Farrell Brown. They had three tight ends on that team that are in the NFL still. You had Charles Nelson, which was sort of your pseudo D'Anthony. So for, and now you could argue, well, they threw more that year with Marcus and Marcus was better. Therefore, the stats for the receivers would be better than the stats in 2012. I agree with that. But I think there still was more depth at receiver there. It was just unproven going into that season. And the running back situation behind Barner, I mean, I, I would rather have a situation where I have so much running back depth that I can put Byron Marshall at receiver than have Kenyon and DeAnthony. Uh, right. Although I think Marshall was on that 2012 team as a youngster. So I would almost say it's a wash. Even if you want to give a slight edge to 2012, the, let's talk defense. I mean, the top two corners in 2014 were also the top two corners in 2012. Well, they, oh, Terrence Mitchell was rotating there too, but Troy Hill and Ifo, Hill still in the NFL. Yeah. Ifo would be had he not got injured. And the D line, DeForest Buckner and Armstead, they didn't do much it's in 2012. They didn't do it's much in 2012, good. but 2014, they were ballers and both ended up being first round picks. So I don't know. It's to me, 2014, best plus schedule wise. Oh my God, look at the teams they had to play in 2014. They played, I did this an article on this a while back. They played by far the most prolific offenses Oregon had ever played in one given season. If you look at points per game, yards per game, um, and came out of it with just the one, the, the two losses, one being the national title game. So anyway, for me, 2014 all the way. I can go about on about that forever. That's my yeah. that's my squad. I that's my jam. <laughs> Aaron, I I think that's a pretty good pick. I think I it's a pretty that. good pick. Okay, so with the I believe that means I'm on the clock. Okay, so we 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 just spent uh, the majority of your draft pick uh, arguing the 2014 team against the 2012 team, which is not the team that I'm even picking with uh, the second pick in the 2012 hypothetical draft. Uh, I got to go with the other national title title team, the 2010 Oregon Ducks. Uh, that was kind of like the peak Chip Kelly team. That team went. Uh, Twelve and zero during the regular season. Their only loss was to Auburn in the national title game, and on the final drive, that offense averaged forty-seven points per game. An incredibly underrated defense that averaged just eighteen point seven points per game against um, this team was kind of like the 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 team that ushered in like the the hip, cool, fast like. Oregon can actually maybe a team in, in the Northwest could actually win a national title. Uh, you had prime Michael James. You had a young Kenyon Barner. Uh, you had Darren Thomas, who I think is one of the most criminally underrated players in Oregon history. 
Um, and that defense had some absolute studs. You had Casey Matthews, John Boyette, Spencer Paysinger, Eddie Pleasant, Kenny Rowe, Michael Clay, Cliff Harris, Deion Jordan, the list goes on. That was a team that was absolutely loaded with players. Um, the only team that beat them was Cam Newton. I, I think that's pretty good. I, I, I think that they should be the number two pick because I'll take a team with a Heisman winner, um, over a team that doesn't have one, but 2010 was an awfully good Oregon team. And I think a a pretty good solid foundation for me to build upon. Okay. I can't argue against that pick being two. I've had the debate about whether it's better than 14. I just think that's a joke, but I I do think it's definitely for me. It's tied for two with, with 12, but I I agree with everything you said about why you would make that the number one, uh, your, your number one pick. Here's one thing about 2010 <clears throat> that I've harped on. And this is not necessarily taking anything away from it. It's just to put in perspective. That year finished with only two teams ranked from the conference in the top 25, Oregon and Stanford. Granted, they were both top 10. Whereas in 2014 and 15, there were like five or six who finished the season ranked. And that really was the beginning of when teams started firing their coaches left and right in the conference because they realized they couldn't right. do it. Anymore, right? And there was a complete shift. And so... There were four teams that year in the conference that averaged 25 points or more. And then like three years later, there were six teams averaging or six or seven, I think seven teams averaging 30 points or more. So like the conference made this complete shakeup and turnaround. A lot of it because of what Oregon was doing to teams that year. And that team did not produce much NFL talent. But what they were is they were, they were a really cohesive team, especially on defense. As you mentioned how good that defense was, even though I don't think anyone from that team other than uh, Matthews actually did anything in the NFL, if I can recall. Um, but they just played really well together. Uh, they had great cohesion. And they had my dude, man, Darren Thomas. I don't know why people don't praise that guy as much as they should, because granted, his passes weren't always the most beautiful passes ever, but he hit his targets and he was a baller, 66 touchdowns in two years and some change from his freshman year. Uh, he, he was a gamer. So I, I'm with you at, with them being number two. I would probably argue. Oh, one or 12, maybe, but I have no qualms with them being your pick, given well, the fact that they were undefeated in the regular season. Well, well, the beauty of this is, is if you do think the 01 or the 12 team was better, I think you're on the clock. Okay, this is tough because I'm torn between 12 and 11, but I'm, excuse me, 12 and 01. <clears throat> but I'm going to go 01 only because I'm still pissed off at 12 because 12 (laughs) cost me an all expenses paid trip to Miami, a place I've still never been to when they lost at home to Stanford in overtime. I don't want to hear Ertz was out, whatever in out. doesn't matter. You shouldn't have given up. You shouldn't have lost by only scoring 14 points when you were averaging 40 plus. And De'Anthony Thomas blocked the damn defensive back between you and Marcus to get him in the end zone in the first quarter. The, also, Chip, the, kick the, the field be- goal on that drive, too. Anyway, the, huh? The, the, the beauty of this draft is it took Aaron two picks to completely give way to draft <laughs> strategy and logic and go straight into personal vendettas. <laughs> I'm, dude, I'm still bitter about that. I was planning that trip, man. Anyway, so uh, the reason— That, was, that okay. was before I was on the duck speed, and I remember I, I remember watching that Stanford game. I had literally just moved to Oregon um, from Hawaii, and uh, uh, my— 
my now wife and I, we were watching that game at like the St. John's McMenamins on the big screen before uh, they, they started cutting down on, on all the restaurants being able to do that. And I just remember being like, oh, man, like what? A game. Oh, my God, they lost. <laughs> I think they were a 20 point favorite at home. Were they 20, something like that. Anyway, whatever. Uh, and when you look at 0-1 too, 0-1, 0-1 had some talent. They had two receivers that go, went to the NFL, two running backs went to the NFL, and uh, Morris and, oh, my God. Oh, my God, this is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for myself here. Anyway, they had two receivers, Sammy Parker, Keaton Howard, Justin Peel, the tight end, went to the NFL. Harry Ontario Johnson, Smith. Ontario Smith. So all, all five starting skill position guys and the quarterback ended up in the NFL. The defense had a lot of NFL guys, too, um, more so than what 12 produced immediately. Although, as I said before, a lot of 12's best players were young and thus came out um, after the 2014 team and were in the NFL. <clears throat> so the 2000, 2001 team was more senior-laden, more mature, so to speak. Um, so I'm going to go with 0-1. Plus, they ended the season with a very impressive win over Colorado. And 2012 did, too. But I know you already picked uh, – you picked 2010, so I'm going to go with 01 over 12 and leave you a chance to pick 12, the team that I'm still pissed at. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to pick 12 um, for a lot of the reasons that we talked about. Yeah, um, obviously not as experienced a lot of those players as they were in 2014-10 or whatever, but uh, I'll take a Chip Kelly, Marcus Mariota team uh, with a very good Kenyon Barner Um any day of the week. I mean, I think that's a pretty solid number four pick. Uh, I like the, uh, um, the, the kind of visual of, um, of like a young Marcus Mariota playing up against a, a, like that 2014 squad against his veteran self. Like uh, you and I both play MLB the show on PlayStation. And uh, <laughs> one, one of the modes on there is you collect these baseball cards. And like a lot of times you'll get like the, uh, uh, you know, you'll get like the the 1998 version of Tony Gwynn versus like the 1988 version of Tony Gwynn. And it's, it's uh, you know, like which one's better, like the fat Tony Gwynn that could, you know, hit hit all around the park and <laughs> one, one of the best slap hitters in the game or the, or the speedy one who was a better defender and actually like stole bases and all that. But I, I just like kind of playing with uh, 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 kind of the time frames there and, and wondering how uh, a young Marcus would uh, approach that game. But anyways, 2012 was a really stacked team. A um, lot of guys on that defense as well. I I think that's a pretty solid number four pick uh, here in the 2020 draft. I'm going to go with 2007. Oh, okay. Because had it not been for Dixon blowing out his knee, as I already mentioned, that team collects the Heisman, at least they were on pace to, and had they won out, would have finished. They were two when they, when he got injured if they won out, they would have been in the BCS title game against, I think, LSU, if I remember correctly. Um, so I'm going to go with that team. They didn't finish because of the knee. But, man, that team was still really good if we go pre-Dixon's injury. That's not, not forget. Jonathan Stewart, a guy who I still think is the best all-around back ever because he had Freeman's size and uh, LaMichael's speed. I mean, legitimately, they both ran the same 40 time at the combine, LaMichael and Stewart. Uh, you had Jeremiah Johnson, who was a great backup running back, and you had you had a lot of good receivers on that team, man. You had Jason Williams, you had Ed Dixon, the tight end, who's still in the NFL. You had Cameron Colvin, Garen Strong, you had some, some depth there. And defensively, the secondary, dude, Patrick Thurman, Walt, excuse me, Patrick Chung, Walter Thurman the third, mm-hmm. Jarris Bird, all three 
multi-year NFL players. Um, you had the arguably the greatest pass rusher ever, the all-time leader in sacks, Nick Reed, who had 12 that year. Uh, you had some good linebackers too. So I'm going to go that team. Oh, TJ Ward was on that team. So you got four DBs on that team, although Ward was a backup that ended up playing in the NFL. So I'm going to go 07, go against the grain, be original, and go 07. No, that, that's a good pick. I actually had them as the number three team in my seedings for uh, nice. uh, the actual story I wrote. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, for, for, for a tournament-wise, like, I mean, if you're looking back in, like, uh, back in Oregon history, you go, like, man, that was a four-loss team. How do you have him in there? But under these rules, hypothetically, everyone's healthy, and that, that team might have had as, as high of a ceiling as uh, uh, any other team out there. Like, Dennis Dixon was so fun to watch, man. Like, that that was one of, the, like, the first – I didn't grow up watching Oregon football. I grew up in Alaska. I, but I remember that, that 2007 season was my, uh, my freshman year at Montana, and we would just watch – there was a lot of Oregon kids there, and we watched Dennis Dixon just light guys up on in, in my buddy Jeff's dorm room all the time. And uh, then he got hurt and nobody cared anymore. But I, I think that 2007 <laughs> team is, is probably like one of the biggest like what ifs. Um, oh, yeah. In in recent memory, because like, OK, so if I know there's like the whole like what if Dixon doesn't get hurt? Like, do they win the national? Ti- OK, so let's say what if they win the national title? How does that impact? You know, I, I would imagine Bilotti retires after that still. Right. Like, does Bilotti retire in, in 07 instead of 08? <clears> Well, one of the reasons why Bly moved on is because they wanted to make sure they kept Chip the after yeah. after 08. So that, uh, that, but he might have just said, you know what, I got my national title, I'm going to hang it up. I mean, he could have done it a little early, but then Chip just would have taken that, over. That that that, that would have. Do you think Mike Bellotti has? And he he's in the College Football Hall of Fame, so obviously there's there's a certain level of respect there. But like, what what do you think a national title would have done for Mike Bellotti in the national conversation, in just terms of his legacy as a head coach? Oh my God, it would have it would have tripled it. Yeah, yeah, it, it would. Oh yeah, there, I mean that that would have been such a good story too. Like a you know a guy who had been with a program for basically fifteen or. What was his first year as head coach? First year as head coach was was after the Rose Bowl in 95. Yeah, so it would have been like 12 years with this team, slowly building them up, and then you go out with a national title. Like that would have been – that would have been pretty big. I I still feel like there's a certain generation of Oregon fans who think everything started with Chip Kelly, and it it obviously didn't. Um, And so I I think Mike Bellotti gets a little overblown a bit just because of how concentrated those four years of Chip Kelly's success were. Uh, But Mike Bellotti was awfully good for Oregon. Well, yeah. Here, here's the, the other part of that is that there's no Chip Kelly without Bilotti, right? Correct. Bilotti moved to the spread. Bilotti hired Chip Kelly. Bilotti hired Chip Kelly. A lot of Duck fans, I remember in the in the, in the Oregon Live comment section, blasting Bilotti. Why are you hiring this one double A offensive coordinator? We're Oregon. We can't do better than this guy. So he was questioned for that, and it turned out to be genius. And Chip Kelly's first three years, he won primarily with recruits recruited under Bilotti. Those weren't really Chip's teams. Chip's didn't really have his own team where, where most of the players, most of the key players were guys he recruited under his umbrella. He didn't have that until 2012. So the 9, 10, and 11 teams were recruited primarily under Bilotti. So Bilotti set the stage for everything that happened and hired the OC who ended up taking it to another level. Every, every, every assistant on that staff says straight up that they would have won just as much had Bilotti yeah. stayed on with Kelly as OC as they did with Kelly being the head coach. And I don't disagree with that, but anyway, so Bilotti deserves All that right. praise. For my third pick, I believe I'm on the clock. 
this is a, I, I feel like now that like we've gotten like those like like the premier teams out of the way like we can go a lot of different directions here like there's part of me that's drawn towards uh just having fun with this and going with like the 2015 Oregon Ducks assuming Vernon Adams healthy uh but I just don't like the defense on that team you, obviously you yeah, had DeForest bad. Buck uh, you, you had DeForest Buckner but you started to see a lot of the issues in the secondary uh that you would see. basically 2016's defense was just 2015's defense without DeForest Buckner so it was uh the 2016's defensive line got terrible but the secondary was already struggling in 2015 uh I think I am going to take I'm going to go to the 2019 Oregon Ducks here. I, I, I like the way that defense plays. I, I think we have a lot of offense, uh, fo- offensively focused teams here so far. Um, you have, a, and, and maybe, I, I guess this is a still limiting uh, Justin Herbert to Marcus Arroyo's offensive scheme. But I was going to say, if you could have Joe Moorhead with there. But anyways, you, you have a competent offense that, you know, was streaky. It wasn't quite as good as, a, a, not nearly as good as, as the offenses of the decade past. But this was one of the best Oregon defenses we've seen in quite some time. Um, I, I do think some of the defenses earlier in the decade were, were criminally underrated as well. But, I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau, you had that secondary, Troy Dye, uh, a lot of dudes on that team. They they won a Pac-12 title game. They won a Rose Bowl. Uh, a lot of talent in the trenches. That offensive line played better as, as the season went on. Um, yeah, so that will be my, uh, my, my third pick, yeah. All right, I'm okay with that pick being in the top 10, but I wouldn't have taken them ahead of who I'm going to take next, which is... 2011. 2011. Yeah, I forgot about them. Oh, you want to switch your pick? No, 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 man. It's, it's the, the thing about draft day is you're, you're taking advantage of other people's mistakes, and I might have just made a big one there. Not a, not a big one. Not a big one. It's just I, the, slight, the slight problem I have with 19 over 11 is that I cannot forgive Oregon for losing to Arizona State. I know, right? And in my in my my decade retrospective manifesto, I put that loss to Arizona State as one of the five most disappointing moments of the decade because that was the worst loss of the decade if you look at it from the standpoint of what was at stake and who you lost to. Right, it's one thing to lose to a good Stanford team when you're trying to go to Miami and get me, get Aaron Fetchers to Miami. That's one thing. <laughs> it's another thing to lose to a what they have, were they five and four or four and five when 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 that game started? Because was it weren't they four and five? The Arizona State game, yeah. Were oh they no, they had a winning they had a winning record. They were five and four at that time. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so five four. Regardless, worst record of a team that a good Oregon program has lost to. And it was the week, and it was, and it was the week that every like for about maybe three or four weeks before that, like you'd hear some like chatter from Oregon fans of like, oh, maybe the playoff, maybe the playoff, maybe the playoff, and it was like, ah, this is all, this is getting way ahead of yourselves. But that week, it was like legitimate. Like I think Oregon was like number, f- they were certainly in, were they number like six or seven in the, the playoff rankings? And essentially, like the the prognostication was like, if Oregon keeps winning, like they'll probably be in. And then they lost their first game after all that happened. Yeah, so, they were coming yeah, off was, of. Crushing USC and spanking Arizona. And the USC game is when I became a believer. And then they smacked Arizona and then they lost Arizona State. And then they looked like crap against Oregon State, too. Um, now they finished strong, and it, I'm still impressed by the by the Utah win. That's that from a statistical standpoint, yeah. that was one of the greatest flips ever. I still don't I cannot believe they went from 
so mediocre rushing the ball to rushing for 350,000 yards against the best rushing the, defense in the country. The, the, uh, the 2019, I, I think they're probably the most frustrating team out of this group just because of like how in, like they could be consistently, fin, like they could be, like their ceiling was amazing. Like that Utah game, like we, we all thought they were going to get killed by Utah. Everyone thought Utah. Would you was say three plays team. in? Remember what you said? Three plays in. This is over. <laughs> <laughs> Utah had like three straight successful plays, and you go, "They're going to get blown out." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You weren't the only one who Hopefully thought. I think they're going to get blown, oh, but oh. you weren't. The, no one picked them. No one who covers the team picked them, did they? No, I don't. I don't think anybody. Yeah. Um, so know, maybe, maybe some guys from your old TV show, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> um. But yeah, you know, like they could have games like that where they looked amazing and then they could have like uh, how they played against Stanford or uh, the, the Arizona State where it's just like, how is this the same team? Um, and Oregon so, State, like that, or- they yeah. scored, they scored two offensive touchdowns in that game and one, and one of them came when Cyrus iced the game in the last couple minutes. How is that? Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't believe, I, that's why I picked them to lose to Utah. I was like, how can I pick that team? Anyway, 2011, their only two losses were LSU which is a battle of two top five teams that was down in Texas, which is a far more forgivable loss than even the Auburn loss for uh, Oregon this past year. God, those were those were the sickest uniforms they wore too. I loved those ones that they wore against LSU to start that year. Yeah. They were like the the alternates of the the, the title game uniforms. Right. And Actually, then, that's uh, uh, that that those are Kenny Farr's uh, Oregon's equipment director's favorite uniforms as well. I've oh, had are they really? Conversations with him, okay. and he was like, "I liked those ones." Yeah. Now they were upset by USC at home. Uh, that was no Michael James in that game, um, and and Barkley lit them up, and that was when Efo and Troy Hill and Terrence Mitchell were freshmen. They kind of got destroyed in that game, uh, but still, that's a far more forgivable loss than Arizona State. And then, of course, they closed the year with a more impressive win over a better Wisconsin team, in my estimation, and they actually looked better. This past Wisconsin win, Rosewell, come on, I mean, they won. We all give them credit for winning, but but Yuck. it was a circumstantial win. It wasn't a we beat you win. It was we happened to win the game. That fumbled punt. I mean, it wasn't even blocked. The guy just dropped it. <laughs> right. So anyway, I'm not trying to, to, to dump on that. I'm just saying to me, I was, I'm taking I was 11 all day. Replay. I, I, I saw that replay like a week ago and I forgot that like Breeze just came in and just like without even breaking stride, the just, one arm picks it yeah. up. Just like just like a suction. It, it, it's, yeah. it's like when you go to the bank and it takes the tube through the like. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's like. Yeah. Okay, yeah, great play, but you don't really do anything to earn it. So anyway, to me, when you okay, so we're, we're nitpicking a lot. Obviously, I'm not trying to dog. I know someone's going to go, "Why is Texas dogging 2019?" I'm not dogging 2019. I'm just saying, for me, 2011 was better. But if I were to dog him, I would start with. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, Tyson! You're not helping. Look, it's not me; it's you. But if it was you, I would lead with these certain things. All right, so that was your uh, that was your fourth pick, right. I believe. All right, so for my fourth pick, I'm going to go a little bit uh, unexpected here. I'm going to take the 2005. Oregon oh, Ducks. you bastard! Record ten and two. It was Mike Bellotti's eleventh year. You had Kellen Clemens at quarterback, Terrence Whitehead at running back, Demetrius Williams, Haloti Nada. Uh, this team only lost to number one USC and the Adrian Peterson-led Oklahoma Sooners team. It's it's not. I, I feel like this era of Oregon gets overlooked because in the early two thousands it was all Joey Harrington, the local boy, captain comeback, and that quickly segued into like the Chip Kelly era at the end of the at the end of the decade. But right there in the middle 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 years, you had uh, I think Kellen. 
Clemens is like one of the more overlooked guys, kind of like when you talk about good quarterbacks in Oregon history. I mean, the dude ended up playing, what, like 13 years in the NFL? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this is a, a was a really good Oregon team uh, that just does, didn't quite have the uh, kind of the top end national notoriety as some of the other Oregon teams in the past. That was my pick. You stole it from me. That's all right, though. Sorry, because I'm, I'm glad to I'm glad to see them. You know, they they got hired that way by you picking them ahead of me. So I'm I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, so that <laughs> team, like you said, they lost to SC. Everyone lost to SC. That SC team was just a juggernaut, right? But the who was on lo- that team was it was like some uh, that was uh, Reggie uh, Liner and Matt Bush yeah, yeah, yeah. or something were, were those guys good <laughs> yeah they I think were they were pretty good yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah I mean that was one of the greatest three year runs ever in the history of football with the, that USC squad so yeah Oregon lost to them but that loss to, to Oklahoma I still maintain only happened because they had to play that game without Clemens who broke his leg at Arizona late in the season when they lost they were a number five in the nation going into bowl season because they were 10 and one and their only loss was to SC uh, and their offense with Dennis Dixon still not ready yet. And, and Brady leaf, who was just marginal, they couldn't really get anything going against Oklahoma Clemens. They, I think they lost 17, 14. There's no way Clemens doesn't put up more than 20 points in that game. Cause he had done it all season long. So they, they win that game. If Clemens doesn't break his leg. Um, so yes, I'm with you hundred percent. That was a good football team had young Jonathan Stewart on it too. Uh, definitely a team that usually gets overlooked because it didn't necessarily contend, but it only didn't contend because of a broken leg and because USC was just amazing. All right, man. Well, I think we're moving into our final round here. Um, Pressure's on. You know, a lot lot of championships are won based upon what you can do in the last round of a hypothetical draft. So I don't want to say, you know, this – has your job writing on it, but you know, <laughs> but it might. <clears throat> My choices would be between 2000, which set the table for 01 and had two, one really close loss. And then the, the, the five interception Joey game that everyone likes to talk about because he was so bad that day to his own admission, the 2013 team, which was ranked top two in the nation before losing to Stanford. And then Marcus had the knee thing, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm going to go that's, ahead. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead. And then they ended that with the Alamo Bowl win, which you're so lucky you missed that. That was such a horrible game to cover. But I'm going to go ahead and appease any Duck fans who may recall how often I sort of downplay the importance of 1994. <laughs> 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 a lot of people don't understand that they didn't need, they didn't need, like, I've had to burst some bubbles in the last few years because people think they had to beat Washington to get to the Rose Bowl. They did not. Had they lost to Washington, they would have finished in a three-way tie and had the tiebreakers over the other two teams and still would have won the conference and gone to the Rose Bowl. And that game was pretty like mid-season. It wasn't like at the end of the season. They had a lot of big wins after that. But because of what they accomplished during that season and getting over that hump against Washington and winning the conference. And even though they got pasted in the Rose bowl by Penn state, which should have been playing Nebraska in a national title game. If the NCAA had its shit together back then, I still give a lot of credence to what that team accomplished in terms of setting the ship, a sail on the ocean toward greater success on the other side, you know, of the ocean itself. Uh, So I'm gonna go ahead and go 1994 and give that team some respect. I like that. I like that. All right. The final pick is in. 
So in August of 2015, it was like the the end of the first week of fall camp. I was sitting outside the Hatfield Downland Complex getting consistent calls from uh, I had done a hit on SportsCenter, which I had never done before. Uh, And the reason being was Vernon Adams was taking a math test that afternoon and the whole country wanted to know whether or not he passed it. It was the math test heard around the world because Oregon had a roster that was loaded with talent that could potentially get back to the national title game or at least the foot, the college football playoff if they had a good quarterback. The Ducks brought in a quarterback who they thought could be really good and he needed to pass a math test. And that only went got crazier as the season went on. 2015 was like I, I Vernon Adams was so fun to cover that year from just the way he talked, the the, the storylines around him to just the absolute uh, backyard style of I'm going to take my guys and we're going to beat you type of football. He played him, him to Derek, Darren Carrington freelancing when the play broke down, uh, all those sorts of things. If he doesn't get hurt that year, I think they're at least in the Pac-12 title game again that year, um, possibly the playoff. Um, so I'm going to take that 2015 team. It's, it's essentially the 2014 team with a different quarterback and a little bit worse defense. Um, but that, that team was really fun to cover. And uh, Vernon Adams is one of the most electric football players I've ever uh, been able to cover. So I'm, I'm going to close it out with uh, 2015 here. So your argument is that Vernon's healthy the whole year. You're, 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 you're basically saying with okay. healthy Vernon, they're, as, they're the 10th best team. Right. Oh, with you're, the healthy you're, Vernon. You're doing the same thing I did with Dixon, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, because okay, because okay, if you if you go back and look at that game or look at that season, they open with Eastern Washington. Adams gets hurt. He plays the next week against Michigan State. He overthrows Byron Marshall on the touchdown that would have won the game by what was it like six or seven inches, and that's with a broken. It was a thumb. Or it was finger. like six or seven yards, wasn't it? <laughs> Just you know, it's. Five years after, we can exaggerate. Um, but he overthrew him. He didn't underthrow him. But go Correct. ahead. But I mean, but I mean, anyways, he he. I I think that if you have a healthy Vern in that game, there's a there's a very good chance they win that one. Um, and you know, we we saw how bad that team was when he got hurt, and then we saw how good he was when he came back later in the year, especially that win over he had you know a win that was very special to him with that win over UCL or USC. I think he threw five touchdown passes in that game. Um six. and then six, yeah. I think and it was six against USC, wasn't it? Thir- thirty one to talking. zero at the half in the Alamo Bowl. And then uh yeah, Ciao. we all saw what happened. We all saw <laughs> what happened after that. So um I, I yeah, Vern, Vernon was an electric player. He's he's a really fun interview. Uh it was it was such a contrast after uh, a Marcus who uh, uh, you know was very humble and I'm not not to say like Vernon like came in here and was bragging about everything but you know he would tell you what it was on his mind so oh, it was, Ver- that Vernon was, was Vernon was cocky you didn't know <laughs> yeah 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 that that was a fun team to cover so yeah okay I, you know what I, you know I can see where you went with that I personally would take a 13 over them because 13 could actually stop somebody my God that defense was bad that year. But Vernon made up for it because that stretch, like you were talking about, when Vernon was healthy, that was must-see TV. Because he not only was he lighting it up, he had to light it up because the defense yep. was so bad, right? So when Marcus was playing and they had good defenses, those games, would, you know, he'd put up the same numbers, but the game would be over. So then Marcus would go sit down, right? Or they would just you know, slow things down. Like the Arizona State game, uh, 2012, they were up 42-8 in the, first, in the second quarter. And I think it ended 42-15 or something like that. Anyway. But that year, the defense, like, listen to these scores when Vernon was healthy and finally rolling again. 
So at Washington, 26-20, not a big deal. But then 61-55, 44-28, 38-36, 48-28. That was when he threw six touchdowns. And 52-42 Oregon State. So in those stretch of games where he was lighting it up, they gave up 60, 71, 134, 189, 209 points. <laughs> They gave up, but he carried them in those games. It was amazing, phenomenal theater to watch what he was doing. When when Marcus was out there, it was like a well rehearsed uh, um, jazz concert or something. It was it was it was it was just like a per, you know, in an orchestra. And then Vernon's out there. It's like sabotage from Beastie Boys is playing. And he's just <laughs> running for his life. He's got to throw six touchdowns a game to win the thing. Uh, that Arizona State game, the the double OT with. Uh, uh, the the touchdown at oh Joint Stanford God, where he yeah. collides into Johnny. Uh, that's the craziest game I've ever covered in my oh, life. Um, absolutely, I remember. I yeah, remember both yeah. both Helfrich and Frost would say something along the line. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but like that. Basically, the first and second reads in any play were basically a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> meaning that yo yeah. Vernon, if you see cover three, you can throw the slant, but only if you want to. If you don't, and you feel something else, just go with what you feel. Make something happen. It was just, it was just crazy wild football. So, yeah, definitely a good team. Okay, so, well, that was fun. Uh, again, this is all just uh, uh, hypothetical. I, I think uh, there are a lot of arguments to be had here for. Uh, uh, the, the ordering and all that, but uh, look, there's nothing else for us to do. Just, <laughs> we're, we're just sitting here. I, I, I got, I, I got my, my earphones in and the microphone and we're going to sign off here in a minute and, you know, say, go our separate ways. But really it's just, I'm going to be sitting here at my computer desk. Like I've been for the last three weeks and boy, this is getting dark. I, I, you need to get some golf in, man. Come on out. <laughs> I've been playing golf. Dude. Have you been? Have, have you been? Yeah. How's 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 that go? Well, it's you know we're allowed to take walks, right? All golf right. is is walking with swinging a club every. But are you allowed? Are you allowed to actually get the ball in the hole? You're not allowed to touch the flag stick, right? Well, you're not supposed to touch the flag stick. You leave that in. There's at our course, Rock Creek. There's a, a foam thing in there that keeps the ball from going totally into the cup. You're supposed to just take a gimme inside of 23 inches or 24 inches or something like that. Um, so I yeah, with you before you take that anyways, <laughs> 24 <laughs> feet. I'm like, I'm on the green. That's good. We're good. Right. I can pick that up. Yeah. I can pick that up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we've been trying to get out there and, um, with the, with, the the extra time of the extra daylight we have now, we can start around at five forty and get done by seven fifteen when we get start. So yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's been nice. It's supposed to be in the seventies this week. So I might, I might have to do it. Um, all right. Well, Hey, uh, I, but before we sign off, I just wanted to thank, uh, our readers and listeners, um, our, the, we, we've had really good feedback on some of the stories we've been writing over the last couple of weeks. It's, it's certainly, uh, challenging a bit to, to come up with, uh, ideas when sports isn't happening, but, uh, um, you know, we, 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 uh, are, are trying our best and, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's great to know that people are still reading and enjoying what we're doing. And, uh, uh so if, if you enjoyed this, uh, podcast, uh, please, please, please do us a favor and, uh, uh, give it a review on Apple or Spotify, give it a rating, uh, tell your friends, um, get on one of the new fangled social media networks that you've learned during this quarantine period and, and, and make a, make a dance about it. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Other <laughs> That's all I got. You got anything else there? No, that's it. I'm all good. That was fun. I'm so that was the least amount of arguing for us picking things against each other uh, that could have been possible. So thank you for keeping <laughs> it. <laughs>
<laughs> All wow. right, see you guys.